Hey, I'm Dr. Lilach Saperstein, and this is episode 14 of the All About Audiology podcast, the All About You episode. In this episode, I'll share some of the responses that came in from last week's episode, which was all about ear infections and tubes. Our conversation with Dr. Hadassah Kupfer was really well received, and I'm so honored by the comments and responses you all sent in. A friend of mine posted about the episode on a Facebook community of moms and dads who seek evidence-based parenting advice. And she said about the episode that it was a great episode about the scientific evidence surrounding something that affects so many of our kids, ear infections. She says, I thought this was a balanced approach that explains what the doctors don't have time to tell you. I so appreciate your support and sharing the podcast with other parents who could benefit from it. Thanks for being a friend to the show and a friend to me. And Sarah said, thank you for sharing this. This is a great source of information based on what I've heard from my audiologist and many ENTs that I've taken my daughter to. My daughter had tube surgery a month ago at 16 months old, and the difference in her speech is already amazing. We were dealing with constant ear infections, including a ruptured eardrum, and so far so good. Wow, Sarah, thanks for sharing your experience with us. For so many parents, the experience of a child's behavior and their hearing ability and their speech development show significant progress soon after getting the tubes since they're no longer hearing underwater through all that muck. This Rava, uh, my son David um, had tubes put into his ears when he was two years old. He had several ear infections uh, when he was young and uh, didn't really start speaking until he was very late or making any sounds and we kept going back and forth to the doctor eventually to the NT who suggested we put tubes in his ears um, after testing his hearing and seeing that he wasn't hearing uh, well he had some hearing loss after all the ear infections and from constantly having fluid in his ears and it was affecting his ability to speak and obviously his ability to sleep at night and so um, we had the surgery. I was a little nervous about it before, but uh, we had a great ENT uh, surgeon and he really put us at ease, explained everything to us and worked, was really good with uh, my son as well, put him at ease, um, easily distracted him. He was just had great bedside manners, which helped a lot. And in addition to that, in case this is of interest, um, a year after, uh, a few months actually after he had the surgery, and he was still not sleeping well at night. I was desperate, I had also a baby, and I was desperate to get some sleep at night and I actually went to see a sleep coach who, um, um, before starting the consultation, she asked me a whole bunch of questions about, uh, you know, routine questions that she asks everybody. And then she asked me about the ear infection and, and sleeping habits and that my son woke up off, often at night and uh, she asked if we ever checked whether he had sleep apnea and it had never occurred to me. Uh, but sure enough, uh, we started paying attention to his breathing at night. Actually, my husband sat next to him one whole night and just recorded um, the, his breathing. Um, and just with a simple, you know, recording on his voice recording on his phone, when you kind of felt really heard that his breathing stopped at one point. So he had a second surgery to remove his adenoids and that really helped. And after that, he slept and I didn't even need the sleep coach. So all ended well, thank God.
My son had um, tubes put in for the first time when he was two years old because he had constant ear infections and was always on antibiotics and decongestants, but it wasn't doing the trick and his hearing and language development was getting severely affected. Um, the tubes did the trick and the ear infections stopped and his hearing and language uh, returned to normal. Um, unfortunately, they fall out eventually and the infections resumed. So he ended up having to have tubes put in a second time when he was a little older. Um, again, it did the trick. The ear infections stopped. Um, they eventually fell out and the infections didn't start again. The only issue was that one of the holes from the tubes the second time around didn't heal up. It didn't, uh, so there was a hole in his eardrum that never healed. That's not that common, I guess. Um, so he eventually had to have surgery on it to fix the hole. But um, all was, was well, and um, I'm, I'm overall really glad that I did that because I think it saved his hearing for sure. I think the hardest thing about uh, when, uh, you know, he's two years old and he was sitting there crying almost constantly, and of course, this was quite a while ago. This was uh, 15 years ago, so I don't remember as much as as probably a, a more recent parent. But I remember him crying quite a bit, and it, it was very hard on me and my family. I can't wait to share episode 15 with you. It's an amazing and important conversation with a speech language pathologist named Kimberly Sanzo. We're going to talk all about sign language and the dangers of language deprivation. That episode is coming out later this week, and I really can't wait to hear what you all think about that. So send in your voice memos, send in your comments, and you might be on next week's All About You episode. Follow me on Instagram at All About Audiology Podcast and find us on Facebook. Join the hashtag All About Audiology community and have your voice heard. I'm so excited that you're listening, and it's been really wonderful connecting with some of you on Facebook already, so please feel free to reach out. I'm Dr. Lilach Saperstein, and this is the All About Audiology Podcast.